Hello, everybody. This is Josh Wagar with Mrs. Pelletier, and you are listening to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast, where missionaries come on and tell us authentic stories that they love. And I know that you will, too. It's six questions in just about nine-ish minutes, because we all know that without a timeline, missionaries tend to get awfully long-winded. And so, um, again, today we're joined by Mrs. Pelletier. I'm super excited to have you here. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Hi, my name's Kim. And I live in French-speaking Quebec, Canada. My husband, Paul, and I have been here since June of 1993. We moved here with our children, Brittany and Nathan Pavatier. And our goal was to start a French-speaking Baptist church in the city of Laval. The Lord called Paul home in October of 2015 after an eight-year battle with cancer. However, I felt that the Lord would have me stay here in Quebec to help continue on with the work. Awesome. And so now you, you said 1993 until present is when you, yes. awesome. So, and for those of you that are listening and have been listening for a little bit, you'll remember we had Nate Pelletier on uh, a couple of weeks ago. And so this is his mom that we're able to be speaking with today. So um, then question number two, um, for you, what's one of the best parts about being in missions? One of the many blessings I would say are the best part about being a missionary is being able to see the fruits of our labor. Sometimes as missionaries, they, we see fruit immediately. And there's other times that we don't see fruit until years and years later. And so for me, the blessing, the best, one of the best parts is to be able to see the fruits of our labor, the faithfulness in the ministry, seeing people get saved, seeing Christians move forward in their Christian walk with the Lord, um, and, and just growing and becoming um, one and a unity in the church. And for me, that's the excitement. That's where I find the biggest blessing in being a missionary. For sure, definitely. And that's encouraging for me to hear. Sometimes we forget that fruit takes time at times. You know, it's not this immediate. Yes. <laughs> and it's so, not immediate. Yeah. Um, then question three, kind of a little bit of the inverse, is what's one of the more difficult aspects of missions for you? Speaking for myself and my um, experience here personally, for me, some of the things that I struggled with uh, at the beginning um, was discouragement and loneliness that kind of went hand in hand. Uh, Paul and I uh, started the work alone. We didn't work with another missionary team, so it was just the four of us. And so there were discouraging moments because you didn't see the work grow as quickly as you wanted to. Loneliness because we were working by ourselves. Um, and then another aspect for me personally was that um, I struggled finding a time to have my alone time with the Lord. And I found that I started to drive spiritually. And I'll explain that. When we first started our church, um, there weren't a lot of people coming. It was very small. But then, praise the Lord, it started to grow. And so we needed a Sunday school class for the children. We needed a nursery and so by default, I became the Sunday school teacher and the nursery worker. So Sunday morning, Sunday school, and then Sunday morning church, nursery, and then Sunday night, and then Wednesday night. 
And so it was at least a year, if not longer, before I was able to even get in to a preaching service because we didn't have people trained to, to take that position. And so spiritually, I was drying up because I wasn't getting into church. Um, and, you know, the responsibility falls upon me uh, for sure. But I was homeschooling the children. I was working side by side with my husband to get this ministry going. So we were spending a lot of time doing distribution and other things like that. Um, I was learning a new language. So I had to put so much effort into that. And then that my time to spend with the Lord kind of got pushed to the side. It got very, very low on the priority list, uh, which I'm ashamed to say, but I, I struggled with that, trying to find the balance between ministry and spending time with the Lord. And I think we get so busy uh, serving the Lord that we forget to stop and take time to spend with the Lord that we're actually serving. So for me personally, it was finding that balance between being a Martha and a Mary. And finally worked out, I, I figured out how to get that balance between those two things, between ministry and then spending the time with the Lord I was serving. It took a while, but, but I worked it out. The Lord helped me and through his help, I got to prioritize that. Yeah. Thank the Lord. I'm, I'm really grateful for that answer just because it, it, it's so insightful into, I think what a lot of missionaries typically struggle with is, yeah. is working out that balance. Um, yeah. You know, and you're right. We're not these spiritual giants that get to the field and we're like, we can take on anything. It's right. Um, really. I appreciate that answer. Super good. insightful. So thank good, you. Good. 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 Great. So then kind of with then question four, who are some other missionaries that you would say need to be on this podcast? Some missionaries that I look up to um, that have been faithful through the years and have been faithful in spite of some very difficult circumstances. One family is Tim and Elizabeth Knickerbocker. They mm -hmm. are missionaries that have been in France for my, I would say, 30 years. They are dear, dear friends and um, just faithful servants of the Lord and have gone through some difficult times, but they remain faithful. And then another family, Jen, or I say Ray and Jen teach out. They are a sweet family also. They are in French Guiana, Guiana, I'll say that again. And they were actually in Quebec, Canada, and had some issues because they were homeschooling their children and the government threatened to take their kids away. And so they, they had to leave um, Quebec. And so, but they have remained faithful. They looked for another French speaking field. They are, uh, they'd be a great family to have on your podcast as well. Yeah. I look forward to getting in contact. Oh. With them. So, yes. Thank you. So, all right. The big one that everybody's waiting for is okay. go ahead and take three to five minutes and just tell us one of your favorite stories about your time uh, in ministry. Oh, one of my favorite stories. We know we've been here. 27 years, and um, there's a lot of special moments that happen within that amount of time. <laughs> but I was thinking back um, through all of the different experiences that we had as a family, and there's one I'd like to share with you. It's, it's a bittersweet memory, 
Okay, there's some a real sweetness to it, but there's it's mixed with a little bit of bitterness at the same time. And uh, go back to when we started our church, we started in the basement of a private school we rented. And we stayed there for about two years. But Paul was very driven. And he's, we have got to get a building because we want people to know that we are here for the long haul. We're just not fly by night. He wanted a permanent location. And so the Lord opened a door for us to purchase a building in Laval. And it was a miracle that we were able to get it in the first place. It was in a fabulous location as far as visibility. We were on the corner of a four-lane uh, four boulevard and then a four-lane highway. So, and we had a huge sign up on top. So it was a perfect location for visibility purposes for just getting a church started. Uh, but it was the ugliest building you would ever want to look at. It had, you would look at it and say, this is not a church building. Uh, it was a hundred years old and it was in dire need of renovations. But the Lord opened the door for us to purchase it. We did the renovations first inside to make it functional for a church. And unfortunately, the money ran out. We got it functional for the church on the inside, but the outside, there wasn't any money left to, to do that. And so for about 15 years, the outside basically remained untouched. And um, Paul would always say that the building, our church building was probably the ugliest building and the ugliest church on the outside. But once you walked inside, it was beautiful because of the people that were inside and that made it absolutely beautiful. In that building, there was a small apartment where we lived and um, the Lord blessed us with enough money later on to redo the outside of the building and new windows, new siding, everything. And like I said, we were living in the apartment at that time. And during that time, Paul was going through chemotherapy. And so he needed to be in a very clean environment. So during the time that they renovated the outside, we had a mission team that came to help us. We uh, moved temporarily into a small apartment um, of one of our church members. And that's where we stayed. But I remember every day, even if we ran into the hospital, we did chemo, we came back to the church, Paul wanted to stop by and he went and he shook everyone's hand or shook everyone's hand. He personally thanked them every day. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for your hard work and your sacrifice. And he did that every day, even though he could barely walk, he did that. And I know that the men of the mission team really appreciated him coming and doing that. And I remember when it was the whole front side was pretty much completed. Uh, Paul said, I want to go across the street and take a picture. I said, let's do that. And so there's a staircase going up to the boulevard. And so we, we went up just a few stairs so that we could get a good picture of the whole front of the building. And Paul just, he broke down crying. But it was, like I said, it was bittersweet tears because we knew at that point in time that he didn't have much time left here on earth. And at the same time, the Lord allowed him to see the outside of the building get renovated, which was one of, I mean, he dreamed of that for years to have the outside of the church be as beautiful on the outside as it was on the inside. 
And so, like I said, bittersweet moment for him to be able to see that, picture that, the Lord allowing him to see it before he took him home. And for me, I think when, when I look back through everything, all of our experiences, that's probably one of my, my favorites. I, I can see why, because it displays the dual faithfulness of God to his servant and then his servant to his Lord. And so yes. I'm, I really appreciate that. Thank you for oh, sharing yes. your heart. And uh, oh, I look forward to meeting your husband one day. Oh, you're going to love him. You're going to love him. For sure. I'm sure I will. So. You will. You will. Well, well um, as we close up, it's, it's kind of hard to switch sometimes, but um, closing also on kind of a possibly lighter note, I don't know. Yes. Um, are there any cultural or language faux pas that you committed that you're willing to share with the whole world? <laughs> oh, yes. You know what? I'm going to share mine, and then I'm going to share one of Paul's because his is hilarious. Okay. Mine is not quite as funny because I would, I basically cut my mouth shut because I was so concerned about making faux pas. And so, which that's actually French, you know, faux pas. But uh, um, it is. <laughs> but I would always tell the men, oh, I love your tie. Well, tie is cravat. But I would always say, I love your crevette. Crevette is a shrimp. And I'd say, well, I love the shrimp you're wearing around your neck today. <laughs> you got some strange looks. But Paul's is hilarious. Mike, his brother Mike, you know, who is an evangelist, mm -hmm. he was up here doing a meeting with us at one time. And Mike was preaching. Paul was interpreting for him. And he was talking about a sow, Mike was talking about a sow in his preaching. And Paul did not know the French word for sow, so he tried to explain what it was. And he ended up saying pig woman. And the women, <laughs> or he goes, no, no, woman pig, pig woman. And so the women in the church were just rolling on the floor. And, and he couldn't figure it out. Finally, somebody <laughs> shouted out in French what it was. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. But... Yeah, he never lived that one down, calling <laughs> a pig woman. He never, ever lived that one down. That that has got to be the funniest one of all. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm glad that they had some forgiving folks in the church. So. Yes, very loving, very gracious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Well, Mrs. Pelletier, I have I've thoroughly enjoyed our time together. Um, Me thank too. you for giving us your time. My pleasure. Yeah. If people want to, I know that you're still up in uh, Quebec. If yes. people want to continue to follow your story, is there any way that they can do that? They, I have, um, they can follow uh, if they want to do like a Gmail or something like that. Um, I have that. We do have a Facebook page, L'Église Baptiste Centrale de Laval. It's, it's in French, but there's a Facebook page also that they can, they can follow. Right. And these days we're doing live feeds, you know, because of the, the virus. So perfect timing if they want to follow that. Awesome. Well, we'll put that in the description below. So thank you. Sure. So that would be great. Well, again, thank you for giving us your time and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks for being You're here. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Well, for those of you that have joined in, this has been Josh Wagar with Mrs. Pelletier, and you've been listening to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast.